Welcome to the Spoken Word, Psalm 29. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars, yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness, the Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calf, and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth every one speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood, yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Welcome to the Spoken Word. Today I want to speak to you about the Christian being separate from the world. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word that is truth. We thank you, Lord, that the world is in desperate need of this truth. For the world is under condemnation, but Jesus Christ did not come to condemn it, but to save it. We thank you that you so loved the world, Abba, that you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He would not perish, but have eternal life. We thank you that you have come, Jesus, to give us life. To all that would call on your name and believe, we praise you for this day. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, and yield this time to you. Come, Abba Father, open the eyes of those that would know your love, and may they rejoice in knowing you. In Jesus' name. I want to thank you for joining today. I'm glad you're here. Today I want to talk to you about the separation between the people of God and the world. Now I want to start back at the beginning. We understand that uh, in the Garden of Eden, God made everything perfect for the man and one woman, Adam and Eve. Though man transgressed God's commandment not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, man did eat of this tree, and therefore death has come upon all men. But God made a way for redemption for man. God made a way that man could be reconciled to him. That's why he sent his only begotten son, Jesus. So though man was in a state of condemnation and in a fallen state, a state where uh, he would be born into this life that would um, ultimately end in death because of, the, of Adam's transgression in the garden. Now God has brought a way that man can be reconciled to him and be restored as a, to be a son or a daughter of God. Now before Jesus came, 
God gave um, the word to Abraham to leave his father's house, to separate himself from his father's house, and to come out into a land that he would show him. And even before Abraham, we know of Noah, who was in a time when we see the whole world was full of evil. And God told Noah to separate himself from the people of the land and to build an ark because that the whole earth would be saved through Noah and his family, for they were righteous before the Lord. Now going back after Noah, as I mentioned, Abraham. Abraham had Isaac and Jacob. Jacob had the twelve patriarchs. And the twelve patriarchs we know were sent into Egypt to receive uh, sustenance when there was a famine in the whole earth. And God had commanded them to be separate from the things of the earth or the world, the idols and all this idolatry and fornication and things that were going on. God had even uh, given commandment through Jacob and Isaac or through Isaac and Abraham for their sons not to marry the daughters of the land, but to marry the ones that God had set apart for them. See, being set apart um, or something that is consecrated unto God is something that would be considered holy. And when one puts their faith and trust in Jesus, they are then separated from the world and um, no longer considered to be a part of the world. And it's not because you just, it's like a state of truth that you consider yourself to be in. It's an actual truth or uh, a state of where when one puts their faith and trust in Jesus, they become born again. They're transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And then they are no longer of the world, but are of the kingdom of God. That's why we see the world hating um, God's people, because they're not of the world. That's why we see the world hating the holiness of God and the things of God's kingdom, um, the fruits of the Spirit. Um, they're, they're not, uh, we don't walk in the works of the flesh. You see, there's a difference between the believer and the non-believer. The believer is producing um, or is bringing forth all kinds of fruits of the Spirit, holiness and um, the things like patience, love, joy, peace, uh, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, all these beautiful things. But the world produces death. They produce things like uh, sensuality. They produce uncleanness. They produce witchcraft and uh, variance and emulation. Um, they produce heresy and rebellion and um, anger and lust and uh, rage and murder. But the people of God are called to be uh, a different people, and they not, and they aren't just called to be that. And the people of God don't just simply walk in that as if they were doing it themselves, but it's literally who they have become. They've become a people under God. They're, they have a new nature. It is a supernatural born again state. Now, man doesn't consider probably such a thing because they think it's just another religion and they're following uh, 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 like a blueprint, if you will, or a how-to guide on how to be a good person. And that's not the case of the Christian. The Christian has actually had a supernatural born-again experience so that they are then become a new cre creation you see, and that the world, of course, in their doubt and unbelief and denying God, 
don't even often many say they don't even believe in God or the supernatural would deny such a power. But this is the truth of God's word. This is how you're able to see such transformation in believers. You'll see people that are some of the um, they'll be uh, murderers or they'll be uh, abusers of 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 men and women. There will be um, haters and and just and all kinds of hate and rebellion, and then they will be transformed to be a pastor or transformed to be someone who um, loves people that won't that no one else would love, and to to give what they have to those that wouldn't have, and things like that. And some and it's because of the Holy Spirit um, ca- causing them to be born again through the faith and trust in Jesus Christ being born again to always be then his child. And this is part of being uh, separate. When you separate yourself unto the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him in your heart, you become a new creation. It's something that can be, for me, I'm sitting here wondering, it's almost difficult to explain um, because it's such an amazing, incredible, wonderful um, thing of God. But this is truth. This is what God does um, because this is why he sent Jesus, because he loves um, even sinners. He loves sinners. He wants them to be reconciled to him. We'll have some more on this in a moment. Come back with us and join for the rest of this segment on uh, how God has separated himself, separated to himself a people by his son, Jesus. Welcome back to the Spoken Word. Today we're talking about how God separates himself a people unto himself through the blood and body of Jesus Christ. Part of what is important to learn from all of this today is that God separating a people unto himself or having a standard, if you will, is important to realize because you see the world uh, doesn't want to have a standard of truth. They want everything to be mixed and then they want to see who through that the strong one would come forth as far as in the midst of that. It's like a competition. It's like a, um, a almost like a game to see who can win with their ideals. And you see, God has a standard of truth. He gave us um, the Ten Commandments in the law to point us that he is holy. He has a standard that there is a way uh, about there. There is a definition, if you will, to things. Um, that there, that God does have a requirement. Now we understand that men must repent and be saved through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other name given under heaven by which men ought to be saved so that we will uh, come into eternal life with him. It isn't through Buddha. It isn't through, uh, um, it isn't through Muhammad. It isn't through um, any of these other things. See, the world just wants to say, let's just lump all these religions together. Let's lump all these ideas and doctrines together and, um, you know, just sort of figure it out from there. And what they really want to do is is put men at striving against one another to see um, in their own strength who can win. It's not. It's more about the individual um, prevailing. It, it may you may have individuals that are signed up under Islam or Hinduism or Buddhism or atheism or whatever it would be, but really it comes down to the individual because every man is going to have to stand by himself. 
that's offensive to some to think that God would make every man to give account of his life at the day of judgment um, and think that you know he has to stand alone uh, but for but he's given an advocate uh, Jesus Christ to to cause them to be freed from their sins to be declared guiltless to be declared uh, righteous before God because of what Jesus did on the cross and in his resurrection paying for their sins dying for their sins himself being sinless um, but uh, if we do not receive that, we do not have Jesus as that advocate. You see, for someone that has already received Jesus, they've already passed from judgment to life. They've already passed from death to life. They have already come into God's kingdom. They've already become a child of God. Um, but it's appointed that all men die once and then the judgment. So all men will give an account of their lives before God. And if they have not received Jesus and had their names writ name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, they will be judged by their works. And God says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that if you have broken any of the commandments of God, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. And if you have even thought it in your heart, it's of breaking that commandment. And the, th the truth is, is that we're all born into this unreconcilement, breaking commandments, his commandments from the time of even being conceived because the whole seed of man is under this condemnation. And it's not something to um, that the Father is is trying god is good god is um a wonderful god he's kind he's just he, all we have to do is receive the gift of jesus he's not asking us to perform and some can um find themselves um uh just almost wrestling unto destruction about the state of things that we're in but this is just truth and um men want to find another way they actually want to be judged by their works and found that they're able to enter in to the kingdom of God through their works. Um, but that's actually from the spirit of the world. That's what Satan wants to do. He's angry because he has failed in his efforts to steal uh, and kill and destroy from God because ultimately God has the uh, um, the the say on and, and truth of what is of him and what is not of him. His standard stands true no matter what the devil says. So here's what I'm getting back to, is that there is a standard of truth in life, and as we look to the Bible, it shows us what that standard of truth is. And God has shown us his own heart through his son Jesus. Now even we see in this life that uh, men themselves separate the Christian from themselves. They hate them and persecute them. You see how men are actually separating from themselves. They don't want to be around a Christian sometimes. They because of Christians convict them because uh, you know they may not separate um, someone that's a practicing Muslim or a practicing of another religion. So why do they separate the Christian from themselves? Why do they hate the Christian? It's because there's conviction from the true holiness that's coming from them, and it's not. It's not the, something the believer did on their own. It's a free gift that the believer has received by Jesus Christ's sacrifice and resurrection. So I'm speaking this truth today, praying that you would be saved, realizing I'm praying that you would God would open your eyes and, and show to your own heart to realize, because see, this is a choice you make. It's not something that um, I'm trying to... Um, persuade you to do to make money off you like the world does i'm simply i love you god loves you he wants you to become his and this is simply something i'm praying and, and saying out of uh the heart of the lord in me 
because he wants people to come to the saving knowledge of the truth. And this is the truth. I've come into the understanding of it for many years. I sought to wonder what is truth and concern, uh, wondering about what, is there a standard of truth? It, does it matter? And because it always seems like people want to have their own truth. And so if everyone has their own truth, what is truth? And if we have a so-called society that everyone does get to have their own truth, what about when those truths don't line up with one another? What about when um, someone is wanting to drive their car real fast and if they um, run into someone else and they say, well, it's not my fault, I just wanted to do that, and they drive off? What about the person that was injured? And what if they're uh, upset about that? Whose truth is going to prevail in that matter? What if someone um, just decides that they um, want to be mean to someone one day and, and treat them poorly? And, and so whose truth wins there if the person is hurt? If there, if, there is a, if there is an injury happening in the world by people competing in their own heart perspectives of truths, who is going to judge such a thing? And if, and if there is someone is going to judge such a thing, who can decide if who is right in the matter if there is no standard of truth? And then what happens? Is it just based on who is strong enough? Is it based on who has the most money? Do you think that is a fair situation in life? That those that are the strongest, that those that are the meanest, that those that are have the most money, the most power, that they're the ones that are right? Is that really the case? Uh, do you not know that many of those people have inherited their behaviors? Um, they've inherited their money. They've inherited their power. They didn't earn it. So why does that make them um, righteous and that their efforts to afflict you and abuse you, why does that make that okay if they didn't even earn it themselves? They simply inherited it. What I'm saying is, is that all men are going to be judged on their own works and they are going to be uh, brought forth to God and be measured. Their life is going to be measured by his truth. And if they have not received Jesus Christ as their Savior, Lord and Savior, they will not enter into eternal life. Their works in this earth are futile and passing away. The Bible says that those works are like filthy rags. And But for the believer who simply receives the gospel of this good news of salvation, our destination is eternal life. And, and as we are in this life, we want to um, become who we are in Christ. And that's why you see the Christians separating themselves from things that are not of God. Because the Christian has the understanding and is like, I don't, I'm going to pray that these people will be saved, but I will not participate in their works because they're defiled, they're not of God, they're, they're mean-spirited, they're evil, and that's not who I am now. I have a choice. I have a choice to receive Jesus, and I have a choice not to walk in those things. So that's what I'm talking about when I say we want to separate ourselves from the things of the world. The Bible says, Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, I will receive you, will be a father to you. You shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Today I pray that God would minister these truths to your heart, that you would see that we have need of a Savior because the world is, is full of evil and full of things that are just not right. 
it's obvious to all men that there is need of a solution of the things in the world, and it can't come through man's legislation of unending solutions that have to do with no standard of truth. The solution has come from the Father and Jesus. He sent his Holy Spirit to, to, to cause us to be born again, to receive this grace, and, and then to go on into maturity as a Christian, to grow up as fathers and mothers, to be sons and daughters unto God, and to show the world who God is through the fruits of the Spirit and not the works of the flesh. We love sinners, but we don't love their works. We, we pray that sinners will be saved, but we will not condone their works. Rather, their works are exposed that the light might shine and they might be convicted and receive this salvation. So we thank you, Abba, for this day today. May your words be established in truth. May your words, Holy Spirit, minister to hearts. May hearts know the truth of this gospel and be saved. And may they receive your truth with joy and go on into that maturity and be pillars in your kingdom to be um, Psalm 1 oaks of righteousness, to be strong, to overcome, to be victors in Christ, to teach the word, that their families would be saved and that they would be mighty in God. In Jesus' name. Here's the scripture I'm going to leave you with today, Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Hallelujah. Have a wonderful day. God loves you and so do I.